Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, wrestling fans? WWE Hell in a Cell just went off the air. This is Top Rope Nation episode 74. I'm Ryan Drosty, as always, joined here by my guys Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. We're here to break down what I thought it's a pretty damn good pay-per-view overall. Now, the ending may be left a little bit to uh, be desired, but uh, first of all, I'm going to throw it out to my guys and ask them what they thought of the show. I'm going to ask you guys, just like we did on Twitter, at Top Rope Nation, to give this show a grade. So grade at A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, I'm going to go out to Crosstown here in the great state of Iowa to Mr. Justin Joint. Justin, what would you grade the, 20, or, yeah, the 2018 edition of WWE Hell in a Cell? Uh, for the entire show, I'd give it a B, maybe a B plus. Uh, I thought the first two and a half hours was an A or A plus. Uh, and then for me, it kind of went off the rails. Just never in a million years would have, I guess, that uh, Jeff and Randy would have a better Hell in a Cell match than the main event. <laughs> that is true. That is Kyle, true. Kyle, what do you think? I think this is going to be pretty much a universal take. Not on this show, just on this show, but the internet as well. Yeah, it was it was a trending to a well above average show, and then the main event hit, and the main event was very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what would you get? What would you give it? A through F. Oh, I. Uh, that's right. God bless you for for forcing me to play the game. Um, B. B. Yeah. Solid B. Yeah. There's. I mean, if you have to choose one of the letters, like I mean, like I don't know, if you want to do minuses and stuff, maybe B minus. It, it was definitely above average show. I get that maybe you know, obviously the main event finish was horrible, and I get that 
Um, people might have some issues with some of the other finishes being inconclusive. But going in, I did not expect this to be a blow-off heavy show. Yeah. Now, I also did not expect a lot of what I saw in the last 15 minutes either, but we'll probably get to that pretty soon. Yeah, I think I would come in at... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're live, brother. <laughs> I was making sure the stream was working because... Uh, on my iPad, the stream is not showing. So we're live on YouTube right now. So I was going to our Twitter page, and then I hit the play button to make sure it was working. And so then I heard Kyle repeat himself. So I wasn't sure what was live. So we're back. We're live. We're doing the shit live. And uh, Fuck I think it. let's do it live. <laughs> I think I would give it probably a B, but I was teetering on an A there for most of the show. I thought overall... Um, this broadcast was really damn good up until the main event. I was really pleased, especially through the first few matches and even the kickoff show. I don't know if you guys saw the SmackDown tag team title match on the kickoff show. Um, A lot of times I missed the kickoff show, but I did see this one and I thought it was a really good match. And the New Day retained, but the crowd was really with it throughout with uh, Rusev Day and wanting them to win. Uh, Kyle, what did you think of that match? Yeah, it was good. I mean, New Day continues to strengthen their case for best WWE tag team of all time. And a lot of people I saw afterwards were like, great match, wrong team won. Are we just going, are we going to start here and just work our way to the main event then? As we book this live or? Well, we can start right with the main event if you guys want. We talked okay. about that enough here. Okay, I mean, I can just spit, I can just, yeah, I can just spit my thoughts out, I guess, here uh, on this while we're, we're uh, with the idea that Rusev Day should have won. As we, I think, all kind of talked about, I, I know I mentioned it, I think we all were in agreement. We think they're still going through with this Rusev Day breakup. Uh, the match being on the pre-show, pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> they would not be changing the titles, or they wouldn't be doing the breakup angle. That's probably going to be safe for SmackDown. And Ryan, you on the last program, we got into a little bit of a tiff where you accused, where we were talking about declarative statements. I was like, you're, you know, you make too many declarative statements. And then we were getting into that. I'll make a declarative statement for you coming from me. It's not really a hot take, but I'm not in the hot take business. I'm in the correct take business. Okay. Here's a correct take. Rusev absolutely should have won the United States title in New Orleans, Louisiana, at WrestleMania 34. And why am I bringing that up now? Because I feel people would be more satisfied with the Rusev Day run. Because I think there's going to be a lot of angst towards this breakup angle. I can already sense it coming. But if you had given Rusev a decent run with the U.S. title, I think people would have felt more satisfied with this. And, you know, he could have lost to an Almas or a Nakamura. And I also bring that up because look at what the U.S. title has kind of been since WrestleMania. I mean, the Jinder Mahal run was bad. Jeff Hardy... Eh, not much. Nakamura, he just, you know, he wasn't even on the card. Um, so that didn't mean much. But um, I, th- I think if looking back, you know, I, I don't judge things a lot of times till about six months after the fact. We're about six months after that. Man, you can't tell me a Rusev U.S. title run uh, would not have been better in a lot of facets. Yeah. Are you in agreement, Justin, with that one? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah, we we all talked about just being in New Orleans that weekend and how over Rusev was. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would 100% agree. So we're going to talk about the whole show here. Um, now, one more thing. One more thing before we get to the jump to the main event. Okay. Um, you know, I think some people, if they want to criticize me and you feel free to always direct your tweets to the, at the show on Twitter, I'll take them. But, you know, 
the idea of, oh, you can't do babyface versus babyface. That's why they turned Braun heel. I was kind of talking about that from WWE's perspective, not mine. But, you know, and some people might say, oh, well, they did babyface versus babyface here. What do you got to say about that? Well, I think the difference is they don't necessarily care about protecting the Rusev Day Act. Again, I'm not defending it. This is WWE's perspective, not my perspective. Yeah. All right. So if you guys are just tuning in, thanks for joining us. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the show in the chat box to your right there on YouTube. Uh, If you're listening on demand, thank you for checking out our Hell in a Cell post show. Um, Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That really helps us out. If you're on YouTube, subscribe and uh, spread the word here about Top Rope Nation. Um, Our last post show last month for SummerSlam was a record-breaking live show for us. We'd like to keep that momentum going. Um, Now, as we talk about what happened here in the main event, we're going to start with that because that's where most people's interest lies. So Justin mentioned he never would have guessed that Orton and Hardy would have a better Hell in a Cell match, and I would have to concur on that point. I actually thought the opening match was pretty damn good. Uh, The closing match, not so much. And I think we kind of, when we talked about this in the preview show, we kind of wondered where they would go, you know, to protect Strowman, but to keep the belt on Roman. And we thought McIntyre, Ziggler, the Shield would get involved. And then this afternoon, word broke that Brock Lesnar was in San Antonio for the show. So at that point, you kind of started to think something screwy is going to happen. And so for me personally, like we alluded to a second ago, I really did not care for the booking of this main event. Uh, We talked, actually, as luck would have it, we talked about kind of like schmoz finishes on our last show we talked about dq finishes in particular. yeah i know I, I know i can hear my buddy chad <laughs> well, by the way what'd you think about that finish asshole well this was a pretty crappy finish because no, we, we got crappy. nothing right like lesnar comes in destroys stroman and reigns who you know had already been kind of taken out for a long period of the match and that's a whole oh, different story yeah like all this stuff's happening on the outside with the shield and ziggler and mcintyre they climb to the top and for several minutes Strowman and Reigns, these unstoppable forces, are laid out in the middle of the ring. Nobody's doing anything. We finally get Brock Lesnar coming. And there out hadn't the even ring. been a huge bump to cause no. it. Like, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Reigns had speared Strowman through a table, I guess. But the way they've trained their audience, that that does not lead to 15 minutes of laying around. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna have a pretzel rod right now. By the way, <laughs> go for it. No, it's uh I didn't care for the finish. The live crowd hated it. It was pretty silent. Um this crowd was kind of hit or miss. They got they got into some of the matches, in particular the raw tag team match, which I think we're probably all gonna agree was the best match of the show. Um but at the beginning of this match, they're kind of into it, and then throughout, not a lot. They got into it when the shield and Ziggler and Magnet yeah. came out. But that was a really crappy finish. <laughs> like it's yeah. the hell in a cell gimmick, and you end with a no contest. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, in this, that, that's pretty unforgivable. They they had a really easy out too. I mean, they had Lesnar do an F5 uh, on Roman onto Braun Strowman. It's just like have I that thought be that the was pin. Be the finish. I have thought that was going to be the finish for sure. You're right. I'm glad I mean, you caught that. That's that's lame too. But it's not as bad as having a no contest in a hell in a cell match. Yeah. I th- immediately thought like, is this even possible? Like, can it end as a yeah. no contest? I, I know when, when Ro- it's again, I'm glad somebody else picked up on that. When Roman was laying there, I thought for sure, like Foley was going to crawl back in and make the pin. 
But when he rolled off of them and they were laying there, I said, oh, no, don't tell me you're going to a no, uh, a non-finish. Just a no kind, just the, the pay-per-view is going to end. You know, it, I guess if, it's kind of weird if you would listen to the show and haven't watched the show yet. But maybe we should just kind of recap kind of how it all went down. Braun and Roman were having a pretty good match. We then saw Drew and Dolph come down, the Shield come down. They battled all around the ring. Climb, all four guys climbed up on top of the cage, which was cool, except for the fact that Roman and Braun were just like laying in the ring while all the focus was on that. You know, I saw somebody tweet, and I completely agree with them, that if they were sharper about this, they meaning WWE, they could have still had action going on in the ring while that was happening and just gone to a split screen. But I don't think, you know, I, I it was it was very uncomfortable and just downright silly to have Braun and Roman lay there while the other four were brawling atop the cage, as cool as that was. And then came the predictable bump from Seth and, uh, uh, Seth and Dolph. Uh, a little choreographed, I thought, like with them both. Like it, it didn't come across like totally <laughs> yeah. great. Like it was both kind of like, are you ready to jump? One, two, three. And we yeah. jumped at the table. That's, so that's um, the same thing that him and Dean did, I think, like what, three years ago at Home the Cell? Good call. It's yes. the exact same bump. Yeah, I, I I forgot about that. Good call. And then we get Brock Lesnar showing up, and it was we should give credit where credits due. Mike Johnson was the of PW Insiders, the one who reported that. Um, crowd was into it with Brock coming out because crowds like surprises in 2018. We know that, but I don't know about you guys. Brock Lesnar being back kind of just made me go. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Like why? <laughs> just yeah. just and stay like, away for yeah. a while. So I think let's talk about this. Um, by the way, how interesting is it that our whole heated argument we got into, Ryan? Like you know, Braun is a heel. You know, where does this leave him? Is like a complete non-factor right now. No one is going to be talking that coming out of the show. Yeah, that's true. You know, so let's talk about Brock. A, is he still doing UFC? I mean, is that official? Or did he just use them for leverage to get an even sweeter deal from Vince? Yeah, no, they they have not announced the fight. It's just rumored at this point. Like Dane has talked about it, I think, but not okay. as an, on an official matter. So, I mean, he could change his mind and decide, hey, you know what? I'm just going back to wrestling where I make a crap ton of money and have to work once in a while versus getting into the octagon and actually getting my head smashed in. So, or... Or did they book themselves into a corner, just throw a bunch of money at them to come in and give them a no contest? And that could happen maybe, too. Maybe Ooh. we see Brock again in like a few months. Okay. That would, all right. Second part of the question. Let's assume they have a storyline set for Brock Lesnar and some semblance of a long term plan. What is the end point for that long term plan? I know we're only, what, a half hour removed from him coming back to WWE TV. I have an idea that actually, I don't know if it necessarily justifies this hideous finish, but I think it would be satisfying in the end. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, you, I think he, I think he's going to do a job to Braun Strowman because we, I talked about this, how Braun, you're going to need something, an impetus to have him turn back babyface eventually, which is what I think his long-term direction still is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, maybe they want him to win the UFC. Again, I don't think... <laughs> I find it hard to believe Dana White would um, allow this to happen, like would allow Brock to come in, win the UFC title while he's under a WWE contract, and then they could 
have Brock lose on WWE television. Like, I don't think Dana would be cool with that at all. So I, I maybe the, the UFC thing is probably just out the window at this point. We'll wait and hear. Maybe, you know, Meltzer, somebody's got more on that. But I, I think maybe WrestleMania, perhaps, we see Braun Strowman get a win over Brock Lesnar. You know, that would have made even more sense then for the F5 to have put Roman on top of Braun for the finish because then Braun could have just, he could have more precisely bashed uh, Brock for costing him the title and Roman defeating him. Now it's just like a no contest. Yeah, he's well, still kind of costing the title, but... They're going to they're gonna say that was my briefcase opportunity, even though, I mean, it's, it's Braun Strowman who realistically can be in a title picture anytime. Yeah. So... Um, that's what I think if, you know, sometimes I like to, you know, put my WWE hat on and try to think like them. And I could see that being the destination here. Yeah. It gets, it gets, it gets brawn back as a baby face, which I think we all agree is where he should go. Um, and it's actually a good idea to have Braun Strowman pin Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Tyler in our chat room right now. Says he he agrees with you, Kyle. Um, by the way, Kyle, like Kyle. You're, you're he thinks your name's Brian because your header down there says Brian, but <laughs> oh. it's just the account he's on. But yeah, that's Kyle. Yeah. Um, so Tyler wants to know, did Braun lose his money in the bank contract now? I think he did. I think yeah, and, and, that, yeah. and that's the storyline again with Brock and Braun. I think moving forward, uh, that you know, you cost me my briefcase, like I just said. You know, that's I, I can see that being what they do. It's funny because going into the show, I thought doing Roman, as much as this finish sucked, I will say there is kind of one, I don't want to use the word benefit, because I don't think really anything's a benefit when you have a bad finish like that, but let's say you had Roman pin Braun, because you weren't doing a title change here, okay? Are you talking clean without any interference? Yes. Okay. Well, like, it's not a schmas. What the hell are you doing on Raw for the next three months? And, like, because there was some, and again, plans change, quote unquote, but there was some promotional stuff sent out tonight about TLC, which is the December show, where locally they're promoting the main event as Shield versus Braun Drew Dolph. And that's December. Um, I think this was a situation where, again, I don't think it's a good idea to have, it's September, it must be time for Hell in a Cell. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they kind of booked themselves into a corner. With I think Vince was like, all right, Roman versus Braun on this day in Hell in a Cell is the biggest match we can do. Let's do it. And then everyone else probably raised their hand and was like, well, okay, well, what the fuck is the finish going to be then? I mean, if we if you beat, you were not changing the title. If we beat Braun, TV for the next three months doesn't become very compelling. Uh so they had this Brock thing. That's, I think, their thought process. Yeah. So it's a tech book, textbook situation of booking yourself into the corner. Yeah. And again, to compare this to, because by the way, my buddy Chad just texted me. Um, and it's like, oh, I hope you thought that finish sucked. And I said, yes, I did. <laughs> and to, he doesn't really talk like that. By get the way. Chad on YouTube. He needs to be watching live. Uh, Chad, get on YouTube. Um, he might be, but he, he might be him. He, he'll use an alias. You think I use fake name? <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, to compare this to Joe and AJ from SummerSlam, I don't know necessarily 
if we're getting another big one-on-one match between these two, which makes this week. Whereas Joe, and we'll talk about the progression of that storyline a little bit later on, you know, Joe and AJ, the finish at SummerSlam, again, middle of the card match, not the main event. Plus it led to another match where you had a pin. And again, I'll leave that discussion for a little later, but the, the way that AJ Joe was booked tonight, again, kind of led to a natural progression for the no DQ, no count out match they're doing in Australia. Mm-hmm. So that at least makes sense. You may not like DQs, but at least that one makes sense. This one, I think it was just a situation. Well, I wanted to have the two biggest stars wrestle in hell in a cell. Uh, but, oh, wait, I have to come up with a finish. <laughs> Oops. Well, yeah. here comes Brock Lesnar. So, again, a handful of you guys joining us in the live chat right now. If you're there, if you're listening, let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, Head on over to the live chat room on the right side of the page on YouTube. We'll read your comments on the air. Uh, One other thought on that main event, guys. Mick Foley's referee work. Okay, I think he was... Yeah, people, like, were taking umbers for that. I think he was supposed to, like, kind of have those... The first one was pretty bad. Where like he counted three when Roman was down. Well, I mean, you know, I thought it was gonna be Joey Morella all over again from Hogan Andre. Starcade ninety seven. Well, no, that well, please. You want to talk about shit finishes on a pay per view main event? We could go be here all night to talk about that. But I thought, and it actually had in my notes, um, and I just wrote nope next to them because I thought it was gonna lead to something with, and that's how they were gonna protect Braun. Little did I know that. Brock Lesnar was, you know, <clears throat> going to do something. Mm-hmm. Despite it being reported, I guess I should have figured. But, like, you know, I thought Foley, like, the... the Because he kept doing it. Like, it kept being close. And I thought that was going to kind of play in where Braun was like, oh, I had him all these times, and Mick Foley's, a you know, a shit ref or something. So I thought that was, like, it was intended. But, I don't know, maybe not. Because <laughs> it had nothing to do with the finish. And I think Mick Foley was only there. We were wondering... Why is he there? What's he going to do? I think it was just to kind of further hype that documentary, which, by the way, is airing. Oh, not a, no, it isn't any airing anymore. I turned the network off on the big TV, but yeah, uh, I did too. I had it on for a little bit. He was, yeah. was kind of like a stand-up show or something where he was talking about. Yeah, it. he's talking about yeah, twenty years ago, hell in a cell. No, bit. I think I think it was just errors on his part. <laughs> the counts were a little off. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that that made for some awkward segments in this in this i think i think they worked around it okay like braun was like yelling at him the announcers did an okay job covering i mean it it, it did i guess in retrospect now see probably was a gaffe but i think it was covered up okay yeah so we'll have to see where they go with this one tomorrow night on raw uh let's start at the top of the show with the hell in a cell match between orton and hardy to kick things off and we've been critical of randy orton on this show many times uh jeff hardy used to be a pretty big fan of his years and years ago. Uh, lately, not as entertained by the old Jeff Hardy act. Um, but I got to say, really good Hell in a Cell match opener. Um, they they did a lot of kind of tricks in the match to make it entertaining. The ending bump with Hardy going through the table from hanging from the top of the cell, which we should mention. The Hell in a the Cell they've used the last few years is a lot taller than the original Hell in a Cell yeah. that Mick Foley went off. And then this one was red. That yes. was a big talking point. Yes. Red, yeah, red, I actually wanted to know what your guys' take on that was. Is, is it? I, I read online that it was both they think it's easier to see and then also it's probably just to sell toys. <laughs> I personally, when I when I first saw it yesterday I, and everyone was complaining, I'm like, really, what's the big deal? You'll probably be able to see fine. 
Um, on the live broadcast, it didn't bother me that much, although I can see why it might bother some people because it's such a bright color like in your face all the time. I read a lot of comments of people saying it, that it really hurt their eyes. Uh, I didn't really think it made it that much harder to see just because of the way they position the cameras in the ring. Um, but I don't know. It's it's almost one of those things where why even mess with it? Uh, there were some funny tweets about if we're going to get a red hell in a cell, you have to bring back the blue steel cage from the past, which I like. That's that. what I, I miss that one. I miss the blue steel cage, but yeah. I wasn't that bothered by it. But eh, I think I think if I had to pick, I like the I like the gray one better. What do you think, Kyle? Um, you know, subject matter that's probably going to produce a lot of hot takes. I don't have one. I, I I am completely indifferent to it. Like, I was like, oh, the cage. I didn't. I missed it. The whole deal last night, apparently. Um, and it was so it was news to me. And I'm like, red cage. All right, I've got to have an opinion on this. And as the match kind of progressed, I was like, yeah, you know, it's. I got nothing. I'm like, it, it to me, it's it, it's just a different color. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel outside of now I really want to match with that red hell in the cell with the blue cage inside of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It is what it's it is. I wasn't that bothered by it, but um, and gray is just a more neutral color. It's not not as distracting. But again, the way they position the cameras and everything, I don't, I don't think it was that big of a deal. But uh, that bump that Hardy took was pretty crazy in the opening match the finish where he hung from the top and he and he fell through the cage and then of course the spot where um orton put the screwdriver through hardy's gauge yeah. ear made me wince a little bit that was unique well, yeah. and that's and that's the thing with these hell in the cell matches is is you want an iconic moment that somebody's going to remember because yes. that's how a lot of these matches get lost is there's just they're, they're just kind of a match inside of a hell in the cell and that's all there is but that that ear a spot is something that i'm not going to forget for a long time same with you know hanging from the top of the steel cage and uh randy's back and then his leg at the same time all you know all the blood there mm -hmm. um, i thought it was a really well-worked match from both guys shout out to justin on our at top rope nation twitter account for your uh gift from the shining calling out all the blood i like that yeah, not a, not a lot of other people did. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I appreciated it. Uh, but yeah, no, the the belt shots, like the studded belt that Hardy wears, those are pretty brutal. Um, overall, I liked it. It was a, it was what it it what it was. I should say. Um, they got the weapons in. They got the high spots in. Uh, it went longer than I thought it was going to go. I mean, by the time this match ended, we were like thirty five minutes into the show or something. It was a long, long match, but. Uh, no real complaints for me. I, I thought it, I thought it started the show off on, on a, a good foot. Any other thoughts you guys had on that one? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of echo what Justin said, you know, it, at first, like the first 10 minutes, maybe even, I was very much wanting to say, well, this was Jeff Hardy wrestling Randy Orton inside a cage. And it's pretty average. But the torture thing, you know, the torture thing with the screwdriver and the bump, we knew Jeff was going to take a big bump here. Um, did make this memorable. I liked the finish uh, because if for, when the ref started yelling, he's hurt, he's hurt, somebody come on out. And I was like, oh no. And then Randy's like, do your job, pin him or count. And Orton just pinned him. I thought that made Orton come across as more heelish and was pretty damn effective. Uh, we should also mention Jeff losing and doing an injury angle. And I'm assuming he's going to take time off. Same night as his brother, Matt announced his retirement. It's true. 
Yeah, no, there there was the delete chant during the middle of the match, and I thought about that from last night where Hardy, supposedly Matt Hardy, announced his retirement uh, after the house show Saturday mm-hmm. night. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, no, yeah, memorable match. Um, I liked it. Not a lot uh, negative to say on this one. So um, that started us off. And then right after that, they went to the SmackDown women's match uh, between Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And we talked a lot about this one on our pre-show just a few days ago. We did get the title change here. So Becky Lynch is the new SmackDown women's champion. Uh, You know, striking while the iron's hot here with her. Uh, She's experiencing more popularity than she ever has in her pro wrestling career. So I thought that was the right decision. Uh, The match overall was, I liked it. It wasn't real long. I liked the finish. The finish kind of came out of nowhere. Um, But uh, Justin, what did you think about this one? Yeah, it was good. I, I'm always a sucker for um, what's the saying? Uh, work, work a leg and tell or <laughs> what? Kyle, oh, grab a hold, tell a story. Yeah, I, I'm always a sucker for that. You know, let's well, let's let's work a limb. Although I will say, the one thing that bothers me with that is when they try and tell that kind of story, and in the middle of the match, I can't tell which limb is the one that they've been working. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way they're they're going through the match, uh, it was good. It was a little sloppy. You can tell their energy was up. Um, they're probably trying to rush things a little bit, but the ending kind of caught me off guard. I don't think it was bad. I think it's going to lead to uh, a much more interesting story. All right, Kyle, you weren't as big of a fan during the middle of the match, but you liked the finish, right? Uh, it wasn't the finish. It was the way the match was worked. We were talking about this on text uh, during the show. So I'm happy Becky won. I think that was the right call. But my issue with this is <laughs> it was not worked like a grudge match at all. It was almost worked as a babyface versus babyface match. You know, with the whole, with the whole, like Justin said, just grab a hold and do stuff. They were, they were trading holds. And as heated as this storyline was, I don't think the match should have been worked that way. I almost felt that if they want Becky Lynch to be a heel, they should have saved the turn for tonight. They could have done that exact same finish where it was, you know, you know, Becky, he, she just beat her. It was kind of a, a fluky pin. And then Charlotte, you know, would be like, hey, Becky, good match. I know, I know I lost, but good match. And then Becky turns on her then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I almost wonder if a double turn is coming, if they're going to listen to their audience and actually flip-flop the roles because Becky came across as pretty badass after the match. Now, Charlotte did get the, you know, trademark WWE sympathetic camera shot at the end when she was looking at her unshaped hand. But I, I wonder if they're going to turn them. I, I think that's exactly what's going on. I think they realized at some point that the crowd wasn't going to give up on Becky. And so that's why, and I totally agree with you. If the match should have, the way the to- story has been told is it should have been a grudge match. It shouldn't have been a, you know, a hold for hold match. Uh, but since that's the way they went, I think it, it's definitely leading to, you know, a match where Becky or Charlotte's going to win and then the, the double turn is going to happen. Yeah. Well, that was a yeah, big rumor it, tonight is there was going to be a double turn tonight, but we didn't get that. You know, I think the, a big theme of this show starting with this match was 
a finish to set up a rematch. We got a lot of that. And I'm looking here. I'm pretty sure these two are already booked. I don't know if they announced it on TV, but I'm pretty sure locally they've advertised these two are working. Yeah, these two are working in Australia. So, um, yeah, okay, I get it. These two are going to probably have a lot more matches, but I feel it should have been worked differently from the start. Rather than, Like I said, it it was worked like they were – just trying to out wrestle each other and they were friends and it was kind of a, a friendly rivalry, not, you know, my best friend just turned on me. That was my only issue with the match. Yeah. Comment in the chat room says Charlotte's a natural heel and Becky is a natural baby face, yeah. plain and simple. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we've been saying that for a while. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, as much as people want to bag on Roman Reigns, and I know that's, you know, just the in thing to do when you go to WWE live shows, uh, Charlotte is a much worse baby face than Roman Reigns. I was going to ask you guys if you saw the tweet that Dustin Rhodes Goldust had made around the time of this, right after the match, actually. And I went back, I just went to his Twitter feed and I was looking for the tweet. And it looks like he's deleted it. Oh, um, but it was something along the lines of. It was like the smarts aren't as smart as they think they are and don't know how to tell a story. What do you think now? And it was like right after Becky won. And now he's deleted that. Um, So basically he was saying everyone that complained about Becky being the heel didn't know what they're talking about. My first thought was what they did is, you know, it works out. Becky's the champion. But that doesn't mean what they did was the the correct decision because they could have done the exact same thing where Charlotte was the heel turned on Becky won the title and then Becky gets her vengeance as a baby face and the crowd loves it. So I don't, I didn't really get that tweet from him or they could have done what, like I said, they could have just worked this match exactly the way they had without doing the turn at SummerSlam. And then Becky turns here. Yeah. I, you know, I think the issue was, and this is something interesting when the crowd doesn't get what they want, they very much rebel against the booking. If you, Give the crowd, well, I mean, the crowd would have been pissed regard, regardless. I don't know if they would have been pissed. Had she, let, let's say Charlotte had just won at SummerSlam and like Becky kind of just walked off dejected and was kind of, and was very clearly building to a heel turn where it became kind of obvious. I think the whole thing would, and she still turns heel. I think the whole thing would have worked better that way. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they just kind of misjudged the way that whole setup was laid out going into SummerSlam where, you know, Becky came across as very sympathetic and Charlotte didn't to their audience. They they were telling a story. The crowd just wasn't buying that story. Yeah. It's uh, Tyler in the chat says, I think we get the double turn at evolution. Um, Yeah. That's another thing too. These two are, yeah, these two are going to probably work both those. I mean, not probably they almost certainly are going to work both those shows. Uh, Dustin Rhodes on uh twitter he deleted the tweet now he wrote i love the fans remember that you do not have to love me that's okay without y'all i'm nothing thank you to quote real fans oh boy so whatever that <laughs> means but <laughs> that's i guess he cleaned that one up so uh, I, i'm having a good time tonight at the basement <laughs> sounds like i'm i'm glad i'm glad becky won the title. i think it was the right decision and uh i i like to finish i like the match so yeah Everyone should, go watch, everyone should go watch a Dustin Rhodes versus Bunkhouse Buck match tonight. I think. <laughs> All right. The third match of the pay-per-view was the Raw Tag Team title match, which we mentioned uh, just a minute ago, I think was definitely the best match of the show. Uh, a very good contest between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins taking on the new champions as of recently, just a couple of weeks ago, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. And uh, 
Yeah, Ziggler and McIntyre kept the titles. I think on our pre-show, we all pretty much picked that to happen. Not Justin this did. dumbass. Uh, Justin did not. At that at this point, I should also point out, thanks to our partners over at WrestleRumble.com, uh, we promoted them on our pre-show. Uh, really fun contest. Every pay-per-view, if you head over to WrestleRumble.com, you can buy an entry. They have like prop bets on the show. You can win up to $500. Makes the show very fun to watch. We can speak from experience because we were texting back and forth in our text thread, seeing how all of us were doing. And I was feeling pretty good up until the second half of the show. And then my picks started falling apart. But uh, and Justin didn't pick it, but we we talked about this a lot on the, pre, the preview show for Hell in a Cell and just that it was kind of early to take the belts off of McIntyre and Ziggler. Uh, we thought maybe eventually they want the Shield to have all the titles, and that could certainly still happen. Yeah. They brought that up cool in visual. commentary. Yeah, yeah, they brought that up in commentary. So, you know, by the end of the year, I think that will be a reality. Yeah. So uh, just, I guess, your initial thoughts on this match and, and what you thought, Justin? When it comes to professional wrestling, outside of a baby face beating the heel after a long long-term story just a, a a good long tag team match is as good as it gets for me it's just that 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 is the cream yeah and, and that's what this was this was just you know we shit on ziggler a lot i'm not a big fan but we had four top-notch guys just giving us a great story in this match Remember when the Raw tag team division was just completely in the dumps and SmackDown was killing it, and we said Raw could be so much better. Well, now it's now it's so much better. That was like <laughs> that was that was two weeks ago. I know. Now they finally turned the corner. Yeah. Like they got the yeah. belts off the B team, and uh, Ziggler and McIntyre have been a good team, and then you get the Shield involved. So much better. And yeah, this is a great match. I love the way they. It was just old school. The way they cut off the ring with McIntyre and Ziggler. I think. Both Rollins and Ambrose got the hot tags at different points in this match where they they were in the opposite corner and yeah, really good match, Kyle. Yeah, um, so I'm tempted to go like four and a quarter stars on this, but I kind of want to rewatch it because the first half was slow. Now we didn't know that they were going to get 27 minutes, which is how long this wound up going. So I kind of, you know, I was I do have to admit, like the first maybe third of the match, I wasn't totally engaged. But, like, the second half was incredible. The finish was, like, out of this world with Rollins going for the Falcon Arrow and uh, McIntyre catching him with the Claymore kick for the pin. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, and Dolph falling out. Uh, I thought Drew McIntyre was the star of this match. He did some really cool stuff besides, just besides the finish. That part where it was him and Dean facing off, and Dolph did this thing with his foot where he's like kind of like drawing a line in the sand. I thought that was cool, and it was freaking great. Right after the Shield did the, had a false tag where the ref didn't see it, mm-hmm. and then uh, Drew turns around and makes this huge production of tagging Dolph right in front of the ref's face. I thought that was absolutely fan freaking tastic. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> is absolutely outstanding credit where credit's due kyle ross on this podcast has been pumping drew mcintyre for weeks and uh yeah he was great this match i agree the finish was uh the superplex from rollins and then he rolled through to do another suplex yeah that's where mcintyre jumped in hit the claymore kick and very effective very effective. yeah yeah 
And and this was, you know, on a night of kind of roll-up finishes. This was a not a roll-up finish. This was a, a clean win for the heels, but you know, they got uh, they obviously got involved in the main event and we're going to see this continue. And the you know, it wasn't a roll-up, but you had the bonus of Drew Carey and Dolph out of out of the oh, ring. that was outstanding too. <laughs> that was that was great. Uh, Chad in the in the chat room. I don't know if this is uh, Kyle's Uh-oh. friend Chad or another Chad, but if uh, it's disparaging about me, it is. No, he just said best Dolph Ziggler match ever. That's I mean, not it's something my there. buddy would say. Maybe. It's up there. Uh, nah. It's one of it's one of his better pay per view matches. I'd have to say that I remember in years. I actually got into an argument with my buddy. Oh, I wonder if this is Chad because we had this argument the other day. Uh, I would still say the match where he put his career on the line against The Miz was the best one. Yeah, this one I I, I also want to watch again because I was covering it on comicbook.com live. And so I was trying to watch everything that happens, but I'm typing at the same time. And you don't really get to take it in as well. But I loved it covering it. And uh, yeah. I'll definitely, I might even flip it on again before I go to bed tonight. Yeah, but it was a good I, match. Yeah, I don't think it was, you know, I think it sounds like we all were all in agreement that it was matched the night. Yeah, it wasn't totally heads and shoulders. I thought the Orton Hardy Hell in a Cell, and then the next match we're about to talk about Styles and Joe were kind of there too. You know, yeah, I thought, I thought going into Styles and Joe, I was going to say that that definitely had a chance to top it. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish on that one was a little strange, so it kind of takes it down a little bit from this. One. I thought that was an outstanding match too. Um, mm-hmm. but just because of the finish, I I'd have to give the nod here to the tag, and yeah. also I I really like that opening hell in the cell. I'm in agreement there too. Yeah, w- with this raw tag to put a bow on it, if they would have trimmed maybe five minutes out of that opening third, mm-hmm. I think we could have been looking at a match of the year contender. Because I really do. Because like I said, I, I was not engaged early in this, but then they they kind of just kicked it into a high gear and never stopped. Kind yeah. of like the SmackDown. I mean, this was obviously get, given more time, was higher profile, but that SmackDown title tag title match on the pre-show, it kind of was like that too, where it was like a slow start, eh, whatever, this is just a match. And then they kicked it into a high gear with lots of, you know, near falls, and it was great. Yeah. That match was, yeah, that, that's another one that deserves to be mentioned too. No, you know? I mean, I don't yeah. usually watch the kickoff show, but that was on very close to the end of the kickoff show. And, and it was also, I think, an only an, an hour pre-show this time yeah um which was better than watching for two hours for a couple matches and um yeah i really like that one too a lot of false finishes and and that one the crowd was really into rusev day so uh yeah man it was this show overall was really really good i like yeah. i like the whole show i we talked about the main event but overall man this is a thumbs up show yeah so. i think we're, we're about to get the styles and joe i think there was there was four matches i had at three and a half stars or higher on the yeah. show that's, that's pretty damn good yeah so Styles and Joe, uh, like I was mentioning a second ago, the finish. We were talking in our text thread. I would have liked to seen this match go just a little bit longer, and they did have they did have the time. I mean, the show ended early. Uh, just needed it to be two minutes longer. Yeah, that was you one of the prop bets. Clarify that. Yes. You well, that clarify. wasn't the only reason I wanted to go longer. But yeah, the one of the mm-hmm. prop bets <laughs> over at WrestleRumble.com was, will this match go twenty minutes? And I actually started a stopwatch. Because I was like, I don't know. I, th- I think it might because there was a lot of time left on the show. And so as we're watching it, I thought like at the 12, 13 minute, there's no doubt this is going over 20 minutes. And so I, I did kind of feel like the finish came a little soon. I did. F- I thought like they were just kind of hitting their stride. The match was getting really exciting. 
And then uh, we had Joe setting up for the Coquina clutch. AJ flips over him, gets the pinfall. The old, then, the old Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Survivor Series 96 pin. Right. And it seems like they've done that finish quite a bit in recent years. Yeah. I wonder if somebody like on the writing team like watched that match or something. Like kind of yeah. recently it was like, God, was that a good match? Let's steal that all the time. Same By thing the way, Brett he, Piper did at WrestleMania 8. I was going to say. Oh, it was yes, good point. Yeah, good point. So yeah. Brett did it a couple times. And then this time wasn't out of the corner, though. Um, no, it was off the rope. Yep, off the ropes. And then they, you know, they had Joe complaining and and about the tap out. And then they showed an alternate angle after the match, which is going to make this feud continue, where AJ tapped out on Joe's arm right before the three count. But like logically, this doesn't make any sense. That was my problem with it. You know, like if he's got well, Joe, you want in, you want someone with Joe to win. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like if think about it, if this is a real fight, like AJ has him in a pin, he can't wait another second without tapping out. Like it That's doesn't make any sense. That's how much the coquina clutch hurts. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But it the just... man could think. I mean, look, they're gonna do this, and you know, Justin hit on it in our text thread perfectly. Look, and they've already done it, actually. <laughs> to be honest, they've already taken it and wait for SmackDown. Joe said, I won. That's not fair. I should be the winner. And Paige has given him a no DQ, no count out match for Australia. Um, well, it should have been not... in the Hell in a Cell. Should have been a Hell in a Cell match, possibly. No. We talked about that on the uh, preview shows. Heading into the event, we all wanted this to be a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, well, I w- now I know why it wasn't, because this was not a blow-off. You know, to That's be true. honest with yeah. you, to be honest, given the booking of tonight... The match that ma- did, in fact, make the most sense to get Hell in a Cell was Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, because it was a true blow-off. That that feud's over. I mean, other than Ronda and Alexa, there was no blow-off on this show. And Hell in a Cell's a blow-off match. It's It should never be a this feud must continue match. So um, given that AJ and Joe must continue, um, it was, again, positioned in the middle of the show. Uh, I guess I'm not surprised in retrospect, you know, with the benefit of, of watching the match unfold that it wasn't Hell in a Cell. I did not have a problem with the length, personally. Uh, I think Australia will be the blow-off, obviously, if it's no DQ, no count-out. That lends itself to a blow-off style match. And I know we got into some discussion, and I'd like to follow that up here, about you know the WWE title picture here and you know should Joe be the champ or whatever. And I said, I just don't think WWE sees him in that role. Another thing to consider is... AJ as the babyface kind of has to win this feud because they're doing like the family honor storyline. They can't have him like coming up short, you know, when the man, when the man's family's been insulted. And apparently that really resonated with the folks Justin Joint was watching this show with who understand <laughs> the power of family, as he let us know. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was watching with my uh, my mother-in-law and her boyfriend, not t- completely non-wrestling fans. They just happen to be sitting here and and. At one point, the, the the boyfriend was even like, "I don't know that Samoa Joe needs to he needs to lose. I want to see him cry. He needs to respect family values. <laughs> good stuff." So Joe really though hasn't gotten one over on AJ in this feud. Uh, like, unless you, you, you consider well, the visual win tonight, um, but you know AJ beating the crap out of him at SummerSlam and that finish here. AJ getting the pinfall victory and AJ beats him again at Super Showdown. Yes. Well, yeah, but technically Joe won tonight. And, well, and that's what I'm saying, the visual may, victory, but he didn't and, actually win. Yeah. And you may have missed it. It was very quick, but after the match, they're showing all the replays, and they had a moment where they had the camera on AJ, and he, he had been watching the replays, 
and there was a look of dejection when he realized that, yeah, he had tapped before he got the pin. So that's where, that's where the story is going to be. Yeah. And look, I mean, Joe's the heel. I mean, he's, he has gotten the upper hand of the feud in all the storylines. Like he's choked AJ out multiple times on TV. You know, it's just, I just don't see them viewing him as the champ. And this now kind of, I mean, I was texting, you're like, oh, I mean, I know you kind of, we're still keeping the faith that he might win in Australia. And I told you, man, I don't even think there's a 5% chance Samoa Joe wins in Australia. Um, we can, I, think I guess that's we'll, harsh. I think that's harsh. I think there's still a chance. Uh, I think we will, you know what? I'll save the discussion because I forgot that the Mazanans, Justin, are wrestling, uh, you wrestled the Danielsons after this. And I think <laughs> we should uh, talk about the scenarios after we talk about that match. Yeah, yeah well, that's that, that's a logical segue because we talked about that in our preview show and where the WWE title's going. And if they keep it on AJ and Brian wins, they could do that Brian AJ match right away, or the Miz could win and get a run with the title. Um, but that brought up a whole nother discussion on if they actually see the Miz as a world champion. And mm-hmm. I I think they see Joe more as a world champion than Miz at this stage. Ooh. Otherwise, Miz would have gotten a title run in the last two years. Um, uh, he's gotten a lot better in the last two years, though. The Miz. We, started, Miz. When we were doing this podcast two years ago. We were talking about how he, how he was the MVP of SmackDown. Miz has a high profile TV show now, too. Yeah, well, and the and, ratings have really tanked on the show, though. That's fine. But no, hold on. So the Miz was actually kind of dead in the water before Maurice came back, which was after that WrestleMania in Dallas. And then, yeah, and then you're right. When we started doing the show is when he had really started to get good. He was the, do you know what's sad is? I don't even remember if it was the IC or the US title at the time that he held. Uh, I see. see, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he had that and he was getting good. So we'll talk about this because I think there is an argument whether or not they see him as the champion, but um, what did you guys think about this mixed tag? I thought very similar to the one at WrestleMania with uh, Hunter and Steph against Kurt and Ronda. I thought the heel, the female heel did a great job in kind of building the heat. Well, you're you were pretty high on Maurice in our text thread. I was being Uh, facetious. Okay, I mean, okay, I mean, just so we're clear, when I when I when I text you things like Maurice confirmed better than Okada, I'm really not being serious. Are you kidding me right now? You weren't serious. This just changes my entire opinion of you, Kyle. No, it was pretty funny, but no, Maurice was was really good in that heel role. I thought, and uh. Yeah, I think I predicted. I think you probably predicted too. Maybe we all predicted that Miz and Maurice were going to win this match. <laughs> um, maybe Justin didn't. I don't remember. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. <laughs> but uh, now they won, and Maurice got the pin on Bree. Kind of a clumsy finish with the rollover. They didn't do that real clean. Yeah, very clumsy. Yeah. I don't. I don't, know. I, I don't even know if she was able to hook the tights. To be honest with you, I think Brie, bless her soul, like kind of like sold it like, hey, my, she did the old traditional baby face, like, you know, grab at your grab at your tights. Hey, they were being pulled. But I don't know if Maurice actually did, though. Well, we did get to hear that Brie Bella theme song briefly tonight, guys. Plug your ears. Some people like that, by the oh, way. Oh, God. I, I had I almost screenshotted my Twitter feed at the time because there was you. Uh, with the gif of Jim Carrey plugging his ears. And then there was a person above and below you both celebrating the theme. 
Oh, are you kidding me? I never seen anything positive about it. You, you sh- next time you're gonna have to screenshot that. Okay. No, uh, it, it was. Does sound like, it does sound like every song on the radio. I don't like. <laughs> Maurice's theme song is so much better, but we didn't get that one very long. Yeah, with the French lyrics, but yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> the Maurice. Yeah, they did bring that. Yeah, I forgot in the in the what is it? Just the last couple weeks they brought back Maurice's theme song. What a a tremendous tune that is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was. This was a, a pretty standard, like you said, mixed gender match where you got the heel that doesn't want to get in. And uh, I like the finish. I think it worked well. I think that's who should have won. Uh, yeah, it was a little clumsy, but yeah, it is what it is. And Mar- and Bree busted Miss Open Hardway. Oh, yeah. Bree Bella <laughs> confirmed, Bree confirmed as having the second best punch in WWE behind <laughs> Roman Reigns. So are we headed for this feud ending? Uh, well, okay, let's talk about that. The finish here obviously sets up Brie and Maurice in evolution. But I think what everyone wants to talk about is Brian and Miz. And we know they're working in Australia, and the winner there is the number one contender for the WWE title. I suspect the winner of that match will beat AJ Styles, possibly at SmackDown 1000, a show which is not getting a lot of talk. Or chatter, mm-hmm. whatever the word you want to use, um, and let's break it down the ways it, the, the way it can go. All right, if Miz beats Brian, okay, he beats AJ. The setup is then something. I think we went over this on the pre-show. Okay, Miz can say, "I will never defend this title against Daniel Bryan." Daniel Bryan enters the Rumble, he wins it. You set up a WrestleMania match, but. That would require a lot of booking discipline from a company that does not have a lot of booking discipline. I mean, can they really stretch this thing all the way to WrestleMania? Well, if you ask Brian, they cannot. Okay, yes, he, he <laughs> did. The, yeah, and we joked about that. So allow me, and you know, and then there's the idea is if Miz pins Brian again, if Daniel Bryan loses, you know, for what would be like a four straight pay per view, do you risk the fan base getting a little fatigued? And what do you do with Daniel Bryan between then and the Rumble? You know, you, you, there's a lot of show. This company runs a lot of major shows now. Yeah. So you can't just put them on ice till the Royal Rumble. So let me present this alternate thing. I don't know if you guys are going to like this. I don't know if the listeners will like this. But again, I'm putting my WWE hat on here and trying to think like that. For, you know, they've got, like I said, they've got a lot of shows. How can they tell different stories to fill all that time? Okay. Let's say Daniel Bryan beats The Miz at Australia. Let's say then he that beats AJ Styles in a baby. That let's say that's how they hype. Um, I can see them hyping, regardless if it's Miz or Brian. Honestly, that don't you think that kind of is a logical hook for SmackDown One Thousand, yeah. WWE title match? Yeah. I don't think they're because I don't think they're bringing back a lot of celebrities for that. <laughs> so I know Dave Batista hasn't gotten the phone call and he's not very happy about it. Wasn't. The rumor was The Rock would, was maybe going to be there. He should uh, be there if he can. Well, if he can well you know, from what I hear, it's The Rock show, but uh, I don't, I don't know if it will be on SmackDown One Thousand. He worked Raw One Thousand. That's when they did the CM Punk heel turn. Mm-hmm. But let's say, let's say Daniel Bryan then beats AJ Styles for the title at SmackDown One Thousand. Good. Let's say it's a great match. Whatever. Who cares if it's a great match? Or let's just Daniel Bryan's world champion. What you then have is kind of the Daniel Bryan everyone wants. He's going to have a bunch of heel contenders lined up for him. You know, they could still do another Miz match to blow that feud off. You got 
Joe in the mix, Nakamura, uh, Randy Orton, possibly Rusev if they turn him heel. And remember, Rusev pinned Daniel Bryan on TV once. Joe beat Daniel Bryan on TV once. All of a sudden, look, I'm not endorsing everything they've done. But maybe what they've done becomes makes a little more sense all of a sudden. And again, we're getting the Daniel Bryan that we all want, which is him having great world title matches and winning. Now, where they would go for WrestleMania then, I have no idea. I don't know if they know. I think a lot depends on The Rock, quite frankly, with the WrestleMania card. Mm-hmm. You know, there are rumors that The Rock might actually wrestle and, and then would be willing to put over Roman Reigns. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think they have Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania slot. Uh, they probably have ideas, but it's in no way finalized. But I can kind of see that second scenario taking place. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain if we get Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE title at SmackDown 1000. That sounds really good. I'm going to dig my heels in, though, and I like my scenario from our preview show better. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I would not complain. If that happens, yeah. that would be great. I, you know, If you didn't hear our preview show, my prediction was Joe ends up champion to get the belt to Bryan. Bryan beats Miz. Uh, Bryan becomes champion after he defeats Samoa Joe, a heel, and then Brian holds the belt and he faces Styles at WrestleMania, which yeah, I, I'd be a fan of either one, honestly. Either one would be really good. I just think that when you look at it, well, either I guess you and I are saying the same thing. You and I are both saying Daniel Bryan's, they're not waiting till WrestleMania to give the title to Daniel Bryan. Right, because right, yeah. Do we all agree? I mean, Justin, what do you think that when you look at all these cards they have to fill, they probably need to go to Daniel Bryan sooner than later because, all right, like I just don't think they can stretch Ms. Daniel Bryan out till WrestleMania. Well, my theory was always that it's a keep away game between those two, and and it's not like we're, there's enough talent to do that. To have Miz beat like my theory was that Miz is going to be champion. He's going to be the one to beat AJ Styles, mm-hmm. and then because he beat. Brian at SummerSlam, then they beat them tonight. I assume he's going to beat him at Showdown. Why does he have to give him another, you know, another and shot? That, and that's the Rumble scenario then that we kind of mentioned. And and they should have enough talent to feed Miz until Brian wins Rumble and they face each other at But here's the only issue with that. There's a lot more heels at the top on SmackDown than baby faces. I mean, really, if Jeff Hardy's out for a while taking injury does SmackDown even have a, a top baby face male besides Dana Bryan and AJ Styles. I don't know if they do. No, not really. Ty Dillinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I guess if we, if we would have rewound here and you told us before WrestleMania last year, when Brian got cleared, that you'd go a year without him winning the world title, we'd say that's probably a mistake, right? Eh, well, here's the thing. I, I feel that like they've done the Daniel Bryan conquers the world storyline at WrestleMania before. Yeah. And maybe they just don't want to do it again. Um, although I, th- I feel it would be, even if it was like him challenging the Miz at WrestleMania, that's different than the last time when right. it was like him versus the authority. Uh, but I think it's one of those two. I think it's either... They stretch Ms. Bryan out to WrestleMania. I just have my doubts whether they have that kind of discipline or they have, you know, Bryan win it a lot sooner 
and he just kind of defends against the heels and they come up with something else for mania yeah i'd like to see him get the title soon don't get me wrong daniel bryan's always going to be special and incredibly popular with the fans but you know but, but they're risking return, fatigue they're they risking are, fatigue they are, by, sure. he's he you could you know i sometimes roll my eyes because there are people like the first time he lost people like, i can't believe it. daniel bryan you know it's like come on folks well, he, he hasn't done really anything like all that special since he's been back, unfortunately. And the Miz feud we've all looked forward to for a couple of years, and it's been decent. But, you know, like I feel like they got to do something more significant with well, him soon. I think it's been good, the Miz feud. I, you know, certainly with the benefit of hindsight, I think the stuff between Mania and the Miz feud is underwhelming. I mean, Big Cass is not in the company. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was kind of cool that Brian beat a big guy clean twice. You know, I mean, we always say, oh, Vince McMahon loves big guys. And, you know, he didn't love that one, apparently. Well, he was on his well, way out the door. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, but that Bludgeon Brothers thing was was bad. I mean, there was like, no, there was no value to that. I mean, I, I, it takes a lot for me to say that something had no value, but Dan, Team Hell No versus the Bludgeon Brothers in retrospect, I just... I'm not sure what that did for anybody. And again, the bludgeons got hurt. So that kind of sucked and was unfortunate, but they probably weren't holding the titles much longer anyway. Got Glenn Jacobs elected Knox County mayor, Kyle. That's what it did. Well, I think he was already a shoo-in for that. Before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, no, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'd like to see him take a more premier spot on the roster soon and not wait till WrestleMania, but there, there is all kinds of directions they could go with this feud. So, uh, I think a lot of what we've laid out here would all be enticing and, and fun to watch. We'll have to see see what they do. Um, the uh, the only match we haven't talked about is the Raw Women's title. So this was, wasn't was like SummerSlam where we were recapping, what, like 13 matches or something yeah. like that. This is a much more brief show. You, you know, it's funny. I liked... It's not really funny, I guess. It's just um, a talking point. I liked the show having fewer matches, but it's still kind of dragged a little toward the end. I was kind of like tapping my foot, you know, knowing we're going to do this podcast, which I love doing by the way, but I'm like, God, you know, like I hope we're done by 1030 this pay-per-view. And what did it end by like 1045 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty crazy. Seven matches took three hours, 45 minutes. Yeah. A lot of filler, a lot of video packages, a lot of video packages, which are always good. Yeah. But you, you, there is a question, you know, do you need them really once everyone like you're selling a storyline that people are already here for? <laughs> I mean, they, they drag out stuff like the entrances are really long. The store, the the videos, the hype videos. My my wife mentioned right at the beginning, that this Jeff Hardy entrance was like the longest entrance in the history of time, which I don't know if she's ever watched an Undertaker entrance. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's entrance was pretty elongated. Um no, it's yeah, a seven match show plus the kickoff show match, but they still almost filled up four hours. So, well, the kickoff show even was done before. I mean, the seven matches didn't start till the pay per view didn't start proper till seven. So, you know, they had seven matches go from seven to ten forty five. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They had the one kickoff show match and then the seven yeah. matches on the pay per view. So, okay. um, so the Raw Women's Title match with uh, Ronda Rousey defending the title, her first uh, defense since defeating. Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam. And uh, again, it was kind of what they needed to do. Longer match than maybe some people had anticipated. Uh, but the finish, I mean, no issues here. I thought Ronda did really well. I know Kyle liked 
Rhonda's hulking up moment. Yeah. I mean, well, is it fair? I don't I don't mean this as a criticism by any means. Am I out of bounds for saying that this was almost worked like a Hulk Hogan match? You know, Rhonda, you know, the superwoman, she sold a little bit. They did a lot of parlor tricks with Alicia Fox and Mickey James interfering. And by the way, I think the crowd kind of didn't know how to react because this was the first time Rhonda's had to sell for a long time and work underneath. But you know, yeah. You know, Hogan would do that like when he got into his pattern and then, you know, Alexa, the heel got overconfident and Rhonda, like, you know, you know, Hogan always had, we all know what the whole cup is. And Rhonda had her moment where like she made the face, you know, and then Alexa reacted like, by the way, I forgot to unplug my Alexa and now we're going to get that all the time. But <laughs> just say um, bliss. Yeah. When bliss, we had this issue at the SummerSlam one, I think it was, or yeah. one of the pay-per-views. But, you know, Bliss is like, oh, you you can't beat me. And then she like she's so scared of in the face and then they go right to the finish. Um, it was fine. It was what it needed to be. This, again, was one of two. And the Orton Hardy were the only blow off matches on the show. And this feud needed to be blown off. I don't think anyone really, although Alexa learned the magic of the arm bar in the last couple of weeks, I don't think anyone bought her as having a chance to win. No, I think what they did with the injury angle with the ribs was great and it made it more believable that she was hanging with Rhonda throughout and getting the shots in on her ribs. I thought I thought the facial reactions really sold the match, especially in the finish there where Bliss was all up in her face and doing the Gurr thing and then Rhonda snapped on her and Bliss <laughs> that kind of was funny actually the Gurr when she was mocking the Gurr. Yeah, right up in her face and then then she started like laughing and she turned that into like the heel laugh, but I kind of felt like uh maybe that was kind of a real laugh. She couldn't keep a straight face there. <laughs> and then yeah, then Rhonda like flipped and did the Hulk up moment and Alexa got that really scared look on her face. And I thought that was all really good and uh, pretty much did what they needed to do. Uh, there was some thought maybe they'd set up something for Rhonda Evolution this match, but that did not happen. Yeah, I, so that's interesting. I think that's a talking point that we should explore. It's going to be Rhonda and Nikki. We all think it. that's what's been reported is going to be the main event of Evolution. Um, how do they get there? I kind of think it's going to be very WWE-esque where Nikki just comes out and asks for the shot on Raw. And again, that Australia show, they're already scheduled to team Ronda and the Bellas against Riot Squad, I think it is. Yeah. So they can't have like Nikki turn before then because it would make no sense. So I would assume... We'll get to Australia and then maybe like afterwards, Nikki turns and works that match as a heel. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Justin, what did you think of this match? It was what it needed to be. I, I thought it was going to be a lot shorter, uh, but it made sense the way they extended it. You guys kind of covered everything. Uh, uh, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this. Alexa tweeted out a pick a few days ago of her hanging out at the performance center. And you got to think um, it was to work on this, right? I did but see that. that. I didn't really put that together, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and what I saw, I was like, Oh, I wonder if this match might, maybe there is going to go a little longer than expected. Cause the match at SummerSlam was pretty short, mm -hmm. you know? And so, all right. Well, we already covered the main event, guys. So yeah, and its booking still sucked. <laughs> the finish. I mean, for what was a really good pay per view, the finish of that main event definitely left a lot yeah. to be desired. It, yeah. For some people, 
I'm not one of them, but for some people, it's really going to sour them on this pay-per-view because that's how they went off the air. But man, if you look at the undercard, a lot of good stuff here to like and uh, some things I want to rewatch personally. Yeah. From WWE's perspective, they're going to be like, well, we got people talking about Brock. And, you know, there were people chanting Suplex City, bless their souls oh. when he came out. But yeah, for, for me, hour and 15 minutes after the show ends, no, still don't like that finish at all. As a matter of fact, I quite hate it. <laughs> Justin, you want to see Brock Lesnar back on your on your television screen in the wrestling world? No. <laughs> what is San Antonio thinking? Don't don't chant anything. Don't give him any reason to bring him back anytime soon. No, it's no. I hated it. Uh, didn't like that finish either. But I I still like the pay per view quite a bit. So yeah. Uh, any other closing thoughts or any other topics we haven't hit on? You guys want to talk about before we sign off for the evening? I think I'm good. Usually I'm not at a loss for words, but I have very little to talk about. <laughs> I think we hit up pretty much everything I wanted to get out. So, Justin? Yeah, no, all good here. All right, so that was WWE Hell in a Cell. We will be back on Thursday evening for our typical weekly show. It'll be episode 75 of Top Rope Nation. Uh, if you like the show and you want to join us live on Thursday evening, uh, we'll be back to our weekly routine, uh, which is a little bit different from our, the pay-per-view week. So, our pay-per-view pre-shows and uh, post-shows we do put on YouTube live for absolutely everyone that wants to watch them live with us. Um, but our typical weekly shows are Patreon only for the live video broadcast. We will put the audio out to the world uh, the next day. But if you want to join us live each and every week for the video broadcast, get the show before everyone else, head on over to patreon.com slash Nation, and you can join us live this Thursday night. Uh, we usually record around uh like 9 45 p.m eastern time so it'll be on thursday night and the audio will drop um, on all your podcasting feeds on friday morning so with that said guys check us out on twitter at top rope nation uh i'm ryan drosty here again for kyle ross and justin joint we'll catch you guys next time have a good monday Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park